Folks, we're going to make a start to our service tonight as we sing together the hymn 512. Give me the faith which can remove and sink the mountain to a plain. Give me the childlike praying love which longs to build thy house again. Stand to sing.
Let's bow together before the Lord in prayer. Our Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, the sole King and Head of the Church, we come to the house of God again this evening, the living to praise Thee, rejoicing in Christ our Redeemer, the one who shed His blood for the remission of our sin, went to the place called Calvary and there laid down His life undergoing the wrath of God as our substitute, taking our place fully. We rejoice tonight in this opening hymn also that has a prayer all the way through, desiring for that move of God in our lives to set us on fire for His glory, to give us a desire for the souls of men. We pray that You'll give us that faith that can remove and sink the mountain to a plain. We pray that you will create in us soul desire for God himself, but also for his work on earth, the great ministry that you've called us all to. For Lord, you've sent us all into the world to preach the gospel, to be witnesses unto Christ, that many out there will hear and in hearing that they might believe. We are your instruments in your hand, and we pray that you will take us up in these days and use us for your glory. And as you send us forth to be that witness in the community, in our families, in the workplace, in school, may we know the baptism of God the Holy Spirit, that he might give us words to say, and that our words will be effectual and powerful in the hearts of men. We long to see this province turned upside down for the glory of God. We long to see this very town in which we are situated transformed by the power of the gospel. We know that our God is able. Think of all those verses in the Bible that speak about the great ability of God, how that He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And there's many things that we ask for, and there's many things that we don't ask for, but we think about them. And yet our God is able to do greater than these. Lord, show Thyself as a God of power in this land. Turn the hearts of wicked men to Thee, We pray, Lord, that they will find peace through the blood of the cross and come to know the Savior. Bless this meeting in which we gather. We think of our students going back to Bible college. Thank Thee for the finishing of the course with Jonathan. Remember him as he preaches in Ballygown this evening. Fill him with Your power and Your grace. Give him all the ability that he needs to present Christ as he's freely offering the gospel. And in these days, as he seeks out the mind and the will of God, we pray that there will be a coming together of Jonathan and some congregation there, that there will be that meeting of minds and hearts. And this young man will see God opening a door, an effectual door, into the ministry in the coming days. Remember our two students going back into Bible college. For David and Greg, that you will bless them, that you will continue to equip them. Thank you for the opportunities that they've had to serve God in our pulpits throughout the land and the preaching. David just returned from Uganda, and Lord, as they go back to study, we pray that thou will be with them, that thou wilt help them in these days of preparation, and for them also in that coming day to open up an effectual door of service that they might enter. 
Remember our friends that have come tonight to minister in song. We pray that you will equip them also and make their ministry tonight a blessing to all that are gathered here and to all that are listening in on the internet. Hear this, our prayer. We ask all things through the Lord Jesus Christ and for his glory alone. Amen. The Montgomery singers are here this evening, and it's good to see you, good to meet you, and we want to make you feel welcome here at Hebron, so we welcome you in the Savior's precious name, and we're going to ask you to come and minister in song. Thank you very much.
chairman and uh, friends in Oakbrook. Um, it is a delight to be along tonight and to have the opportunity to serve our Saviour. And it is a great Saviour that we serve. And, and indeed, it would be our prayer that everyone in here tonight in the gathering would know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Saviour and that you too could serve Him. <clears throat> he died on the cross. He went through that horrible experience. He died on the cross for each of us here. And uh, he um, went to that cross a great sacrifice. And it was all for you. And it was all for me. And what little can we do in return but to serve him in some small way. And we, we count it a privilege to be fit to come tonight. And to, uh, to just bring praise and glory and honour to the name of the lovely Saviour. <clears throat> the next song the girls are going to sing. Um, well, it's, it's based on a, on a phrase there in, in Luke's Gospel. And, you know, the, there was a bit of a quarrel going on. It probably wouldn't happen in Ulster or Northern Ireland, but two, two uh, brothers were fighting over an inheritance, maybe over a, an old farm or something. And they came to the Saviour and they says, tell him to share the, the inheritance with me. And then the Lord went, in, went into a, a few parables and then he, he mentioned that he, uh, we really, you shouldn't worry about your possessions, worry about what you have on earth. You shouldn't worry about that. You need to get yourself sorted out um, with uh, regards to glory or with regards to eternity. And he said, um, consider the lilies. They toiled out their soul. So we shouldn't be worried about our earthly possessions. Or I know it is maybe prudent to be a wee bit concerned about them and, and to look after things. But that's what the girls are going to sing, consider the lilies.
you very much for coming tonight. Uh, these, these are sisters, isn't that right? And uh, their father and one of the husbands who's uh, looking after the sound. do appreciate you ministering in song tonight. When we think of the nature of our meeting this evening, it was to be the gospel uh, mission down in the town hall, uh, but that was postponed. And we have our students going back to college, and we want to acknowledge that tonight. And so that first piece to do with service, very, very appropriate for them. And then we have so many that are going through different struggles, heartbreaks, difficulties at this time, not least those that have been in hospital recently. And just to know that our God is a God that cares, and he considers us as being an encouragement. Now, our two students, David McCauley and Greg Gibson, are going to come up. I've called this greetings, greetings from our students. And they're both going to come up to the pulpit and just say a wee word or two to the congregation as they go back one for a final year and then another into this third year with an additional one to go. So come ahead, gentlemen. David has returned, as we said, from Uganda, and we'll get to hear about that in due course as well. Well, good evening, everyone. It's that time of year again, and I don't know about you, but it feels like I've been up here a lot on valedictory services, and if you count New Tribes Mission and the Whitfield, I'm sure some of you are thinking, when is this man ever going to be finished college? But thankfully, God willing, this is the last year of college for me, and I say God willing because, of course, I have to pass all the exams, and the principal and the, the teachers have to let me go. But God willing, this is it. And we're excited about that. Um, of course, uh, there's excitement. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't excited to finish. But um, of course, there's a little bit of nervousness as well. Because as you can imagine, after we finish the college, then we're going into full-time service. And there's the unknown there as well, as you can imagine. And there's the questions about the future that, of course, we're going to have. And so as we give something of a greeting here tonight, I want to ask you just to continue to pray for us. And I know here we have people who have been praying for us, they've supported us throughout the years, and I just ask you to continue to do that. If you remember, over the previous years I asked you to pray for us concerning balance, and that's an ongoing thing. I ask you to continue to pray about that as we sometimes work, as we have family matters, as we continue to study pray for a balance there that we'll be able to do that. And of course, as we're coming to the end of our training, pray for the Lord to lead us and direct us. If you remember, when I first stood up here at a valedictory service, things were a little bit different. I was single, I was younger, I was a bit slimmer. <laughs> a lot of things has changed. Things could maybe, you could say, have got a little bit more complicated. Okay, so I'm not single anymore, I'm married, I have children. I should just say that things are different. Maybe complicated is the wrong word, but things are different. Much better, that's it. We're blessed. <laughs> you know our two children, don't you? No, we are blessed, but we're here as a family unit now, and so the prayers change along with that as well. And pray for my wife, Rachel, and our children as well. As we grow together as a family and as we seek out God's will for our lives, that we'll have that confidence and surety that we are in the center of God's will, whatever that might be, only God knows. 
Well, you know, there's a little verse, or at least a few words at the beginning of a verse I want to just say to you tonight. It's those well-known words, for we are laborers together with God. And we very much see those who have been with us in this journey throughout the years as um, laborers together with us. And of course, we thank God first and foremost, because He has been with us throughout the years. But you have been very much a part of our journey throughout training and whatever else has happened as we've went to Kenya and Uganda as well. We know that we have people here praying for us and we do not take that for granted. And as we stand up here tonight, we realize that the service of God isn't just um, confined to just a number of people within the church. Some people might stand up the front, some people might go to training and so on. But really, the service of God is for the whole church. And we know and we've experienced that with those who have really supported us through the years. And so coming into my final year, I just want to say once again, thank you for everyone who has been with us, praying for us, supporting us. And we pray also that God will bless you in doing that as well. So God bless you. Well, can I also say good evening and also a special thanks to all who have come along tonight. Uh, I just want to thank everybody here uh, in Hebron, um, the congregation, just for the encouragement and for the love and support that you show to me, to Rebecca, to the boys as well, in your prayers, in your finances, in your giving. You're so uh, gracious in everything that you do. I'd also like to thank the Reverend Park and the session as well, just for their encouragement for me, whether it be a text message, whether it be just a uh, a chat at the door asking how things are going. I just want to thank them and also for the opportunities that they have given to me this past year to preach here in the church at Hebron. You know, preaching is something that nobody finds easy, but I particularly don't find it easy. And yet I'm genuinely also touched by your kind words, by your uh, lovely sentiments and comments at the door um, as I preach. You're probably too kind, but I guess as I get into third and fourth year, um, the proof will be in the pudding and the preaching, but I just want to thank you for that tonight. I just want to leave a few prayer requests with you for the year. Uh, as the Reverend Parker said, I'm going into my third year now, um, halfway through, uh, getting greyer every year, but I don't think that's college. I think that's just maybe getting a little bit older. So who knows what it'll be like. I'll maybe be like David in fourth year with no hair on the top of my head, but um, who knows. Uh, with third year in college, that of course means a re reduction in classes. Four days go to two days a week, so I'm only in now on Tuesdays. And Thursdays I'll have less exams. I think last year I had maybe 11 or 12 exams, and I only have three now, so that'll be nice just to see the decrease in the academic side of things. And third year also means the, the leaving behind one of the languages. I've finished two years of Greek. And, but it means the commencement of another language was Hebrew, of course, and it's a total different kettle of fish. Uh, but I pray that it will be useful and beneficial to me, as the Greek has been in my preaching, and even in my getting to know my Bible and really understanding God's Word. And of course, the academic side of things, they're so very important as we, uh, as students, study to show ourselves approved. And yet, above all, I pray that my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ will only grow even every single day. As I study him, as I read the Bible, may I be brought closer and closer into union with Christ. I also want to leave before you just a few prayer requests in regards to family life. David already mentioned it, the need for balance. And like David, we have a, a small family, two boys. 
and the first two years have been difficult in terms of managing uh, time with the family, with the studies, and therefore continue to pray for that balance. Think of our boys, both Daniel and Gideon are here tonight, and we pray most of all that the Lord will save them in his time, and that Rebecca and myself, we would uh, teach them the things of Christ in uh, bringing them up faithfully in the word of God, that our home, that our marriage, how we treat one another, all things will point to Christ, and anybody who's in our house for that matter, that they will see Christ in the marriage that we have one for another. I also would like to, to continue to pray for my family. Many of you know my background, uh, where I grew up, uh, Roman Catholic background. And my family still aren't saved. But I would ask that we just pray continue for the opportunities to present the gospel, to share the gospel with them. It can be discouraging at times, a little movement or desire at times toward things of God. And yet we know the Lord has his time in those things, that the Lord will save them in his own time. I'm conscious tonight that it's not just myself who has family members here outside of Christ. I know many here today have a similar burden that I have. And I want you to be assured tonight that as you would pray for my family, that I would also remember to pray for your family as well. Just one final thing I want to leave with you is with regards to the preaching. So very important, of course, we're in a Bible college that is focused on the Word of God, focused on evangelization and the preaching of the gospel. And therefore pray for opportunities to serve Christ, to preach, and that as I prepare sermons, it will not just be an academic exercise, but again, that it will challenge my own soul, that it will challenge those who hear it, and ultimately it will bring glory to the Lord. I don't stand up every week to try and glorify myself or glorify man, but I trust that in what I say will bring glory to the Lord of lords and King of kings. And the souls will be saved through something that I would do. You know, we often think and speak in college that it's a time of training, isn't it? It's a time of getting ourselves four years of theology and everything to get yourself to those final four years. But I would pray for myself and for the students as well. I would ask for you to pray for us as well, that the Lord would be fit to use us now, that it wouldn't be a case of once we get into a church, Dave to the mission field or wherever the Lord would have him, but that even through now our preaching that the Lord would be gracious to save souls as we train, as we learn, that it will be effective, effective to the salvation of souls, to the restoring of backsliders. And ultimately it would challenge people to consider Christ tonight. And that is a challenge I want to leave with everyone here tonight. Uh, those tonight, perhaps you're here and you aren't saved, that you would consider Christ. You would consider your need of Christ tonight because Christ is the only hope tonight of heaven. He's the only one who can grant eternal life in heaven. And if you're here tonight without the Lord Jesus Christ, it is my prayer, it is my desire, as it is many here, that you would seek the Lord in prayer. Thank you and be saved. Thank you, David and Greg. Uh, we will have special prayer at the end of the service just to commit you to the Lord and we'll have something else to say to you in the message tonight as well and to everyone that's here. But if you can, in a good sense, be proud of students that have come up through our church here and out into college and into future service, we certainly can say tonight we're very proud of these young men and how they're serving the Lord even now in times of Bible college and from this church has sounded forth through the world the gospel and we praise God for missionaries that have gone to Spain and to Uganda and also to North America and others that have been helpers in the work and likewise these ones and Jonathan of course he's in Ballygown tonight we're praying for him that the Lord will open up a door of service so the Lord bless you I'm going to make the announcements very quickly. We bid you welcome in the Saviour's name and those that are listening in tonight on the internet. 
refreshments will be served, so there's, there's supper for you. I mentioned this morning that, that evening of gospel praise that is organized by Desi Coffey and Pastor Valentine and the Ukrainians, they, they meet for their own service in the other part of the building every Sunday night. They gather here with us on a Sunday morning, but uh, Pastor Valentine and his family will be singing there tomorrow evening. You might like to go there. If you don't go there, you might like to come here because we want to pack some boxes and get a pallet or two sorted out for Romania. And if you can come in about 7 o'clock, that would be good. If anyone wants to finance a shoebox, uh, instead of making it up, we try to do it all uniform and the same. So £15, including carriage. Thursday night is a deputation service. The Reverend Ankel Alvarez from Spain is coming to speak and to show his video. Friday night is Youth Fellowship. Friday is also the 60th anniversary dinner for the Missionary Council. And that is for Missionary Council members and Mission Board. Saturday is the open air in the morning, just to mention that, at 11 in the center of the town, and then the church barbecue and back to Sunday school fun night or fun day from 4 o'clock through to 7. Next Lord's Day begins with the prayer meeting at 8 o'clock. We encourage you to come and pray with us. Sunday school, 10.30, Bible class, quarter to 11. Worship service, 12 noon, followed by the Lord's table. And every time we have the Lord's table, we also have our elders and our deacons meeting for prayer in the evening time, and they will do that at 5.30. Then the sending forth service for Noreen. Noreen has been home uh, from Uganda doing deputation work here in Northern Ireland, traveling around our churches, raising prayerful and practical support. And we've asked the Reverend David McMillan, who is the chairman of the Ugandan subcommittee, to speak next Sunday night. The Harvest Thanksgiving services, Saturday the 8th of October at 7.30. Reverend Simon Anderson will be here to preach. And on the Sunday morning at 12 noon, Dr. John Douglas, he has been coming for many years now to preach at that service. The Hebron Choir will sing at the Harvest meetings. And instead of having a Harvest Sunday night, we are then going to the town hall to begin the gospel mission uh, in the evening time at seven. So do remember that, please. Vision Magazine, the current magazine are all available. Ladies, if you're going to uh, Dungannon to the special ladies convention, which is on the 24th of October, please put your name on the list provided so that they can cater for you. We're going to sing the hymn 526. I have only one life on this earth and is vapor. It's passing away. I must labor for treasures of worth. Our toil ends at the close of the day. Please remember, you have only one life. Not two, not any more than that. Just one life to give, one life to live for the glory of our Savior. Let's stand to sing.
ask our sisters to come and minister in song again, the Montgomery Singers. Going to take the guitar and lead. One, two, hello. There we go. Perfect. Sorry for that delay. Um, I want to echo Dad's thanks at the beginning um, when we came to sing to Dan for inviting us here this evening. Um, it's lovely to be among you tonight, um, particularly when. Um, you have this emphasis about God's calling on lives to serve Him. And you know, we might not all be called to full-time ministry. We might not be called to be missionaries in different countries or indeed in our homes, in our home here in Northern Ireland. But you know, for all those who know and love the Lord, who have been chosen by God to be His children, well, the greatest calling in our lives is to be a witness for Him. So whether we go to the building site in the morning and we put on our hard hat, or we wake up in the morning to join a Zoom call at 10 a.m. or whatever it might be, God has a work for us to do in his vineyard. We have been called to build his kingdom here on earth. And so it's our prayer that as we bring this last, this last song this evening, that you might join with us in the words of the Apostle Paul, who said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. So may we all step out for those who know and love the Lord this week, not ashamed of our great God and what he's done for us. We are not ashamed.
together in we word of prayer as we come to the message tonight. Our God and Father, as we draw near once again to the throne of heavenly grace, it is through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we're not ashamed of the gospel. And we pray for your help as we think about the message tonight. We think about our students going back to college, this further training for them. We pray that you will bless us in your word, that you will settle our minds and our hearts into your presence now and speak to every heart that's here for Jesus' sake. Amen. Returning to Proverbs chapter 11, Proverbs chapter 11, and I'm going to read just my text tonight, uh, just for sake of time. It is the text that we're going to be emphasizing with you will not be 
thinking of the other verses as such, but the words of verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. He that winneth souls is wise. And I want to speak tonight on the chief task and calling of the Christian worker. Tonight we're sending our students back to Bible college with the blessing of this congregation. We're sending them back to study, to study to show themselves approved unto God. We're sending them back to prepare that little bit more for future service. We're sending them to get equipped for whatever it is that the Lord has called them to in time to come. The Whitfield College of the Bible is our school of prophets. It's our training ground for our young men and women. We're sending them back with the support of the congregation, the prayerful and the practical support of the Hebron church. We covenant tonight to remember these young men. We promise to pray for them. We promise to support them. And I know that both David and Greg will apply themselves to the work as they go back to study. Just let me remind you that they did well in their recent exams, and both of them got part of the, the bursary that is awarded to the top students who have done well in their examinations. As your pastor tonight, there is a text that is burning in my heart that I want to, to leave with you, a text that you must not forget amidst all your studies and your exams and your preparation and your family commitments as you try to get all that balance together and other pressing duties. And it's the words here of Proverbs 11, verse 30. He that winneth souls is wise. You have one chief task that surpasses every other. You have one great calling that is above every other. One great assignment that stands top of the list and that is the winning of souls. The winning of souls is rescuing sinners from sin and from damnation. It is saving men and women from eternal destruction, the fires of a lost eternity. It is turning men from paths of wickedness into paths of righteousness. And this must always be your focus. Whether God has called you to be a minister pastor in the congregation, or whether he has called you to be a missionary, going to some other nation, some other part of the world to preach the gospel, the one chief concern that ought to dominate your labors is this one, bringing, as the Lord Jesus did, many sons to glory. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Become conversant with the great doctrines of the Bible. Get as much theology into your heart as you possibly can. Learn the art of preaching in your homiletics class. Know how to preach and to teach and to plant churches and make disciples, but never lose sight of the greatest task of all, and that's the winning of souls. And what I say to our two students tonight going back to college, I say to all of God's people, elder, deacon, church member, Sunday school teacher, children's worker, youth worker, outreach team, whoever you are, 
The world around us is lost in sin. Millions and millions of people are rushing headlong into destruction. He that winneth souls is wise. Very sadly, in the day and generation in which we live, few there are who care. Amy Carmichael, missionary to India, had a burning desire in her soul for poor lost sinners on the road to a Christless hell. And she penned these words, Give me the love that leads the way, the faith that nothing can dismay, the hope though disappointments tire, the passion that will burn like fire. Let me not sing to be a clod. Make me thy fuel flame of God. Amy Carmichael had at the heart of her Christian service and sacrifice in rescuing souls from the fires of hell, the love of Christ. And like the great missionary of the New Testament, the love of Christ constrained her. She said, when I consider the cross of Christ, can anything that I do be called sacrifice? Challenge your own heart this evening. Search it out. Let the light of God shine in. Allow divine truth to penetrate your soul in this very matter. What are you doing to win souls to Christ? For he that winneth souls is wise. And so I I feel it's very appropriate for our students, very appropriate for the congregation, as we are now standing again on the threshold of our gospel mission to think about the chief task and calling of the Christian worker. I want you to notice, first of all, that there is a prized possession spoken about in this text, and it's there in the word souls. There's nothing more valuable or precious or of infinite worth than the soul that inhabits the body of mortal man. All the gold and silver in the world cannot be compared to the value of a soul. All the diamonds of the richest price and the most exquisite cut come nowhere near the price of the immortal soul. All the pleasures of the world with their enticements and joys and thrills and and friendships fall infinitely short of the preciousness of man's soul. No wonder Jesus Christ asked the question, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? No wonder Diabolus, the great giant in Bunyan's holy war, attacked with his might and his cunning strategy the city called man's soul. The devil is out to destroy the soul of man, to damn the soul of man, to bring souls down, down, down into a Christless eternity. And he labors tirelessly in that task. Well, we should labor with all our might and with all our strength and with all our resolve to save poor souls out of the fire. Isn't that what Charles Wesley expressed in in one of my favorite hymns that we sang tonight, the hymn 512, I want an even strong desire. I want a calmly fervent zeal to save 
poor souls out of the fire, to snatch them from the verge of hell, to turn them to a pardoning God and quench the brands in Jesus' blood. May God Almighty instill into our hearts as never before the infinite worth and value of the soul of man. Come with me to Eden's garden. God has made everything good in this world for the eternal enjoyment and satisfaction of mankind. At the close of the sixth day, having made all other creatures to inhabit the world that he had created, he came to his final and his most illustrious creation, and that is man. Let us make man in our image. And so he created Adam out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Every person born from our first parents received a body and a soul, a body that will grow old and die one day, will return to dust, as the Lord said, and a soul that will be given up at the point of death. The soul will live on forever, for it is immortal. At death it will ascend out into the great eternity of God, either to heaven or hell, because the soul is immortal. That makes it the most valuable possession that you have. What price would you put on your soul tonight? Somebody will say a billion pounds. Many people have sold it for an awful lot less. Like Esau, he sold his soul for a mess of pottage. Someone else will say a kingly crown and kingdom. Another might say some unlawful, immoral relationship, some fleeting pleasure of the world. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's the dance floor, maybe it's the nightclub. Others might say the possessions of this world, as much as they can grasp and accumulate in their lifetime. What are you selling your soul for? I'm speaking to someone converted in this meeting tonight and others that are listening in on the internet this evening. What are you selling your precious, immortal soul for? What value are you putting upon that soul? Let me tell you the, the price that Almighty God put upon your soul. I think it's answered in John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the price. God gave his son, gave the darling of his bosom, gave his Isaac, whom he had loved from all eternity, gave him to the humiliation of the incarnation, gave him to be despised and rejected of men, gave him to the scorning of this world and the mocking of the crowd, gave him to the scourging at Gabbatha, when his visage was marred more than any man, gave him to the wounding and the bruising of the cross of Calvary, gave him to the cruel nails and the crown of thorns, gave him to the wagging heads and the abusive insults, gave him to the eternal wrath of Almighty God that was poured out upon him at Calvary's cross, gave him to the punishment of sin. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? 
Was it for crimes that I had done? He groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. Well, might the sun and darkness hide and shut his glories in when Christ, the great creator, died for man, the creature's sin. Do you know, do you want to know the value of the soul? The soul that needs to be saved, the soul that is rushing out into eternity, the soul that is immortal. I say to you, go to the cross. You watch Jesus die and you will see the true value of the soul because that's the value that God puts upon it. It's the prized possession, the most prized possession that you have. And this text speaks about the soul. I want you to notice secondly that there is the pathway presented. And it's all in that word winneth. Souls need to be won. They need to be rescued from eternal damnation. Your loved one without Christ needs to be won to the Savior. Your friend who is still in sin needs to be brought to Christ. Your neighbor, even a stranger, needs to be saved. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Snatch them in pity from sin in the grave. Weep o'er the erring one. Lift up the fallen and tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. Solomon calls this winning in our text. And winning takes a great deal of energy and effort and exertion and endeavor. The word winning has at least a twofold application in the Scripture. It has firstly the thought of a battle. It is used in a military sense. We'll not look up the references, but 1 Samuel 30, verse 18, 2 Chronicles 12, and verse 9, it's translated, the same word, it's translated carried away. And in both passages, the background is that of military conflict. Soldiers or, or warriors speak about winning ground, winning a city, and winning a battle. For you and I to be successful soul winners for Christ, we must be committed to this work unreservedly like a soldier who is steadfast and unmovable in his determination to overcome the enemy. And you will soon discover the conflict in this business. There will be many a battle with the adversaries of the soul, the world, the flesh, and the devil. As Christian soul winners, we will enter into the battlefield and we will fight against the enemy in order to see souls rescued and carried away, carried away from the clutches of the devil. The other sense in which the word winneth is used brings us to consider the love that must burn in our hearts for sinners. The soul winner is a lover of souls. The word actually is translated married in Genesis 19 and 14, Numbers 12 and 1, 1 Chronicles 2 and 21. The bridegroom wins his bride eventually by taking an interest in her, by being affectionate to her, and by wooing her unto himself. Oh, you married men tonight know a little bit about this because you were engaged in winning 
your bride unto yourself. I'm assuming that is so tonight, unless it was the other way about. And there's many young men in the service, and you're experiencing that right now. You're seeking to woo. You're seeking to win someone to yourself. If we are to see others brought to Christ, then we must patiently and lovingly win them and love them. And that's what is expressed by Charles Wesley. Give me the faith which can remove and sink the mountain to a plain. Give me the childlike praying love which longs to build thy house again. Thy love let it my heart or power and all my yearning soul devour. I wish that that love burned more fervently in my soul. It's the love of Christ for sinners. He who wept over sinners when he was here upon the earth, the one that's described as the man of strong crying and tears, the one who cried over sinners, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered thee as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, but ye would not, as Christ wept over the city of Jerusalem. The one who sweat, as it were, great drops of blood in Gethsemane that fell to the ground. I tell you, dear Christian, covet this love. Cultivate this love. Let it consume you and overflow within you. And then you will be driven to win the lost with a burning zeal in your heart. And I tell you, this town will be turned upside down if that love burned in the heart of every child of God. If God's people in this house got a baptism of soul-winning love, only God can tell what will take place in this area. Thirdly, there is the particular proclamation, and it is proclaimed here, is wise. He that winneth souls is wise. Here indeed is wisdom, winning souls to Christ. You'll not do anything wiser than wooing some precious soul to the cross. Someone has said, what can we aim at better than to gain souls over to Christ, to rescue them out of the hands of Satan and deliver them out of the dreadful bondage that they are in to sin and death and bring them into the glorious liberties of the Son of God? This is the way to bring glory to God and Christ to save souls, precious and immortal souls, from future everlasting wrath and misery and bring them into a state of eternal life and happiness so that the skill and wisdom here to be described is that which consists in taking the best and the most likely methods to win souls. I can think of many wise things that you can do it's wise to fear God. It's wise to receive His Word. It's wise to spend time in prayer. It's wise to live peaceably with all men as far as it lies within you. It is wise to conduct your affairs with honesty. It is wise to obey the commandments of this book. It is wise to bring up your children in the fear and the admonition of God. But nothing is wiser than to win a lost soul to Christ, to snatch them from the verge of death. And then fourthly, there is the, the passion that is paramount. 
to be this soul winner. We need a passion in our own souls. We need a deep desire, a fervent longing, a genuine hunger. May God burden our hearts tonight. May he be pleased to open our eyes and renew our vision and set us on fire for his glory. I want to be like the great preacher from London, C.H. Spurgeon, who said the saving of souls, if a man has once gained love to perishing sinners and his blessed master, will be an all-absorbing passion to him. It will so carry him away that he will almost forget himself in the saving of others. He will be like the brave fireman who cares not for the scorch of the heat so that he might rescue the poor creature on whom true humanity has set his heart. Spurgeon also said, if sinners will be damned, <coughs> at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. And if they will perish, let them perish with our arms about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, at least let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions, and let not one go there unwarned and unprayed for. Richard Baxter, the great English Puritan, he said, we have greater work to do here than merely securing our own salvation. We are members of the world and church, and we must labor to do good to many. We are trusted with our master's talents for his service in our places to do our best to propagate his truth and grace and church and to bring home souls and to honor his cause and edify his flock and further the salvation of as many as we can. All this is to be done on earth if we are to secure the end of all in heaven. John Wesley once said to his students, you have one business and that is the salvation of souls. David Brainerd, the missionary to the North American Indians, at the close of his life, he wrote in his diary, I cared not how I lived, nor what hardships I went through, if only I might gain souls for Christ. And Professor Smeaton of Edinburgh, he used to say to his students, Gentlemen, reckon your ministry a failure unless souls are one to Christ. This is how we ought to feel. Oh, I want a passion in this chief task and calling of the child of God. A love that really feels for sinners. It sends me forth to rescue them. A love that makes me plead with them. A love that enables me to win them. And so I say to our students tonight, as you go back to study and prepare for the future, never lose sight of this greatest goal of all, and that is to bring others to a saving knowledge of Christ, to win them for the great glory of God. And I say that to every Christian tonight, especially if you're from this church and we're facing this mission, use these weeks as wisely as you can in the approach to this time of special gospel preaching. May God bless his word to you tonight for the Savior's sake. And if you're not a Christian, 
You haven't been won as yet. And it's not the want of trying. We will try to win you to Christ by our love, by our wooing, by our encouragements, by our exhortations. We've sought to set before you the cross of Christ, the only way of salvation. If you're not placed tonight out of Christ without a Savior, we plead with you to come to the Lord tonight and find him as your Redeemer and be saved for time and eternity. Let's bow together just for a moment, please. Our God and Father, we thank you for this text of Scripture that reminds us of the great task that you've committed to the church. He that winneth souls is wise, and we want to be wise. We want to be wise, first of all, unto salvation ourselves, and to know that it's well with our precious immortal soul, this most precious possession that we have. And then, Lord, we want to be wise in the winning of others. And we pray that you will send your people out from this congregation into the world to be that witness, to win souls for Christ. Lord, bless your word. Write it upon our hearts. Help us not to forget it, to think about it. And may this text burn itself into our souls tonight. For Jesus' sake, amen. So we ask you to keep our text before you. Take it home in your heart. Go to bed tonight. As you lie on the pillow, think about it. As you wake in the morning, may it not leave you. May you think about it, meditate upon it all week. And may God burn it into your heart and give you the wisdom that is necessary to do what this text is telling us to do and to win souls for the Savior. He that winneth souls is wise. It's the hymn 513. Blessed is the service of our Lord and King. Precious are the jewels we may help to bring. Down the passing ages, words of counsel ring. And all the way through this theme of our text rings, he that winneth souls is wise. Let's rise to sing.
standing. And we'll ask our students just to come up to the front and our elders and we'll just have a wee word of prayer with you as we send you back to Bible College. Thank you very much. Just ask a couple of our elders to lead us to the throne of grace and prayer as the Lord enables you. Thank you. Our Heavenly Father and Eternal God, we thank thee for this opportunity that we have to stand here with Greg and with David as we send them off to college for another term. Mm. Lord, we thank thee for the day that thou didst save them and call them to thyself. And Lord, we thank thee for calling them uh, to serve thee in a full-time capacity and for how thou hast been with them even through their studies already. And Lord, we pray as they start another term that thou wilt help them as they study thy word. O Lord, we pray that thou wilt make thy word real to them. And O Lord, that they will be blessed even during that time of study. And as they come to their examinations, Lord, we pray that you will bring all that they have learned to their remembrance. And Lord, while we pray for them in college, we do remember the work that they do preaching the gospel week in, week out. And oh Lord, we just pray that as they preach thy word, that thou wilt fill them with thy spirit. And over and over again, you will give them the joy of winning souls. Amen. Oh Lord, we pray especially for the boys here, but we think also of uh, Rachel and Rebecca. We pray for them at home and for the children as well, that thou wilt be with them and they will know the the presence of the Savior, even in the home with them. And, O Lord, we just pray that you will remember us as a congregation, that thou wilt help us to even daily uphold David and Greg before thee in prayer. And, O Lord, that we might hold the strings, Lord, here in Hebron, even as they study in the Whitfield. And, Lord, we remember also Jonathan and the Panker too. We pray that thou wilt be with them, Pray for Jonathan especially as he uh, seeks thy will for his life even over the next uh, weeks and months. And, O Lord, we just pray for all our students that whether they be studying or at work or at home, we pray that in all that they do, their lives will honor and glorify their Savior. For we ask it for thy name's sake. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, again, we come before thee humbly at the end of this gospel service. We just thank you for thy word tonight. We just thank you that he that winneth souls is wise. Mm. And we pray, Lord, that you'll give each one of us even a burden to see souls saved. We pray, Lord, that we will not see them as it speaks in thy word as, as trees walking. No. Lord, give us a, a clear a vision of the unsaved going to a lost eternity. And we just pray, Lord, you'll help us to be obedient to thee and to take that opportunity whenever it arises. And Lord, we come, we bring our students before thee again. We just thank you for David and for Greg. We just thank you for the day you saved them. Amen. We just thank you for their time and college. And Lord, we, you have given them wisdom even uh, in the studies and you've blessed them there. And 
But your spirit, Lord, that you'll make them wise, Lord, even in the days that I have, that it'll be those men that will see many souls one for thee. Lord, we just pray, Lord, you'll continue with bless their families, Lord, you know they have family commitments, and Lord, we just pray, Lord, that they'll get that balance, that they'll be able, Lord, to do the study and even the need to do at home, Lord, you'll get, be able to have that time. And Lord, we pray too for Jonathan, we thank you for Jonathan that has come through the college, and we pray, Lord, even in the days that lie ahead, Lord, that thy will will be done in his life, and Lord, that there will be a congregation in the days that lie ahead, Lord, of thy choosing, and we just Leave Jonathan in thy hands, and Lord, bless him in the coming days. We thank you for others, Lord, that has come through the college, connected to your church. We thank you for Alex, Lord, over in Spain, Amen. and for Joyce and Banger, and and for Armand over and Greenville. Lord, we just thank you for these young men, Lord, and you pray, Lord, that each one of them, Lord, will be a wonder of precious souls. Lord, we just commit them again to thee, and Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you'll bless them. And we just pray, Lord, that in the coming days, Lord, that the study for thee, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that they will be mightily blessed in their own soul. And Lord, we just leave their future in thy hands. We just pray, Lord, that you'll lead them and guide them and bless them and their families in the coming days. These things we pray in the Saviour's name. Amen. Did everybody say it? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And of course, he was prayed for tonight to Panker. Let's not forget to Panker in India who joins the, the classes by, by Zoom, mm -hmm. something like that, every day. Uh, pray for him. He is a member of the church here as well, and we do commit him to the Lord. Remember, supper will be served out here. You're welcome to stay. Thank you very much. We'll ask our two students to go to the door. You might want to shake them by the hand tonight. Thank you. Mm -hmm.